psalmist says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. It's such a blessing to come to the house of the Lord. And every time you come before God, come with an expected heart. Come expecting to receive from our Creator, who is your Heavenly Father. He always has something special for each one of us. He knows each one of us individually. The Bible says, even the very hair of my head are numbered. Even those of us who are bald-headed, he knows the number of our hair. Amen. So it means he's concerned about every detail about your life. Amen. As I'm going to start with uh, what I want to share with you today, I just want to start maybe with an introduction asking you about when people have problems, when people have challenges, you know a lot of people have got problems, have got challenges. Some of us, we also have problems, challenges. Do they think of you as one of the people that could help solving the problem? When people are stuck, can they think of you as a source of solution? When people are sick, can they think of you? When people are depressed, can they think of you? When people have a need, can they think of you? Whichever way and in whatever position that they are in. And maybe to bring it down to <coughs> the African context, many people when they've got a problem, they think of Inyangas, isn't it? Yeah. They think that's the place to go. And we all know that our God is a jealous God. He wants people to come to him when they have a problem. And then for people to be able to come to God, can they find some of the people who represent God on the earth? Amen. Amen. Can you be one of those people that when people are seeking God, they say, by the way, my neighbor is a Christian. My neighbor is a member of Jesus the Savior Church. I think he should know something. Imagine if you are always complaining like them. Imagine if we ask you, how are you? And you say, hey, life is a struggle. Do you think they will think about you? Uh -uh. They will think we are in the same boat here. So I want us to go to the book of 1 Samuel. Chapter 9, verse 6 to 9. Mr. MJ will do it in the NLT. <coughs> 1 Samuel 9, 6 to 9. NLT. I want to show you this so that when we link with what we want to talk about today, you will understand that when people have a challenge, when people have an issue, let them have a hope to go somewhere. And let that somewhere be either to you or to the house of the Lord. Amen? Yes. The problem is that the church currently, it's so much secularized that we look like the world. So the church, the, the, the world cannot see the difference. We talk like the world, we behave like the world, we are defeated like the world, then it doesn't inspire hope to the world. 
May it be that when people are stranded, when people, somebody wanting to commit suicide, may they think of you. See, maybe if I go to that one, my lot in life will change. Amen. So read for us 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 6 to 9, NLT, Mr. MJ. But the servant said, oh, I've just thought of something. Mm. There is a man of God who lives here in this town. He is held in high honor by all the people because everything he says comes true. Okay, so if you look at this, <coughs> Saul and his servant, they had a problem. They couldn't find the donkey and all that. They were stranded. They didn't know what else to do. And then the servant thought of something. He said, I've just thought of something. Did you get that? I've just thought of something. There is a man of God who lives here in this town. He is held in high honor by all the people because everything he says comes true. Continue. Let's go find him. Mm. Perhaps he can tell us which way to go. Don't you think it will be good when people are stranded, when people don't know what to do, they say, actually, we've got a neighbor here. Huh? We've got a neighbor here. Every Sunday we see him holding a Bible going to church. Maybe he knows something. Amen? Amen. Let it be that people, because here the, this, this servant says, I've just thought of something. There is a man of God here in this town. He's held in high esteem by all the people because everything he says comes to true. Let's go to him. Perhaps he will tell us which way to go. Continue. But we don't have anything to offer him, Saul replied. Even our food is gone and we don't have a thing to give him. Well, the servant said, I have one small piece, one small silver piece. We can at least offer it to the man of God and see what happens. In those days, if people wanted a message from God, mm -hmm. if people say, wanted a message from God, what would they do in those days? They will say, let's go and ask the seer. For prophets used to be called seers. Did you get that? Yeah. So when in those days, when people wanted a message from God, they would say, let's go and ask a seer. Let's go and ask the prophet of God, the man of God, the people of God. Let's go to them. Amen. So if they were doing that <clears throat> under the old covenant, don't you think even during our days when people have an issue, they should think about coming to us? Huh? And of course, you have to have the answer yourself. So if we say Jesus is the answer, people should look at your life as an answer. It doesn't help for you to proclaim Jesus is the answer and when people look at your life, they see a lot of questions. Amen? So it means they need to look at us and see answers. They say, how is it that it seems like you never experience a problem? It seems like you don't live in this world. I never see your face gloomy. Don't you go through challenges like the rest of us? Let them ask you that. Because they can see the joy of the Lord being your strength day after day. Then they realize this person should know something that I don't know. This person should have something that I don't have. And then they will seek us. 
And even when Jesus came on earth, he was the answer. You know that? Wherever Jesus went, multitudes would come flocking, looking for Jesus because they wanted answers. But when Jesus left, do you think all the answers left? Hmm? It would be unfair for us. Amen. So let's go to John 14. I'll do it 10 to 23, New King James Version. Today I want us to talk about a glorious church. A glorious church. So it means a glorious church is that church which walks in glory, where people see hope, where people see the Lord in the church. Sometimes you find that people come to church and they just see people fighting. Come to church and see people divided. They come to church and find people gossiping. They even hear you gossiping about your past. Then they realize there is no answer here. Amen? So, when Jesus left, he did not live with all the answers. <clears throat> he left us as the answer. Amen? He left his church as the answer. He left you and I as the answer. So people don't have to say, we wish we lived at the time when Jesus was on the earth. Because Jesus is here through us. Can you tell your neighbor, Jesus is here? Through me. He lives in me. Amen. And I speak for God. Can you say, I speak for God? Yeah, because some of you speak for the enemy. That's not good. Amen? When you are pulling people down and you are criticizing people, you are cursing people, you're speaking for the devil. Be a blessing. Amen? Give people hope. Speak for God. Be an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. So that you can say, I represent the kingdom of heaven. I represent the kingdom of God. Jesus used to be very strict on this one. He knew that when he was on the earth, he was not here for his own mission. So listen, John 14, 10 to 23. Maybe let me do it so that I can do cutting here and there. It says, do you not believe in the New King James Version? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak to you I do not speak on my own authority. Did you see that? He says, don't you know that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? What I speak, I don't speak of my own authority. But the Father who dwells where? Who dwells in me does the works. So when I say that Jesus is in me, I'm not boasting. That's the truth. That's why if we say those who are sick... Come, let's lay hands on you and you will be healed. How do you get healed? Because Jesus in me touches you. Amen. So he says, the father who dwells in me does the works. Verse 11. Believe me that I'm in the father and the father is in me. Or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Verse 12. This is telling. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, will he do also. And greater works than these he will do 
Because I go to my father. I want you to listen to that. I will repeat verse 12. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, tell your neighbor, I believe in the Lord. So he's talking about me, this verse. Tell your neighbor, this verse is talking about me. He says, most assuredly I say, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. So when I read this verse, I'm hopeful. I don't say I wish Jesus was here. Because he says, as I go, there are those who believe in me who will do my works. They will even do greater works than the works that I've done. Verse 13. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. When last did you ask the Father in the name of Jesus? This morning, thank you. Amen. Whatever you ask. So some of you are very good at complaining. You don't know how to ask. Maybe you are used to everything you demand. You don't know how to ask. Okay? He says, whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will do it. That the Father may be glorified. So Jesus wants us to ask. So the very things that are troubling you, things that you are going through and you think this is not right, ask the Father in the name of Jesus. And he says, I will do it so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You know why he says, I will do it so that the Father may be glorified in the Son? When he has done it, then the glory goes to him. All the glory belongs to him. <clears throat> if you don't ask the Father in the name of Jesus and you see him doing things for you, you will go to people of the world, you go to Sangomas, you go to Inyangas, then you will give them the glory. But the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run unto it and they are safe. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That Psalms 91. So if it says he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, I want that. I don't want to dwell in any other place. Because if you've got an enemy who goes somewhere else, go there, go there, they will get you. But if you go to the Most High, there's nothing higher than the most high. So when you dwell in the secret of the most uh, place of the most high, you are sorted. Verse 16. Of oh, verse 14. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I'll pray the Father, and He will give you another helper. I'll ask the Father and he will give another helper that may abide with you forever. You see how Jesus did it. Jesus knows exactly. As I'm going, I know they need me. They need the helper. So I will ask the Father and the Father will give you the Holy Spirit who will abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Where is the Holy Spirit? In me and among us. Amen. You need to have that confidence. That's not being proud. When you say I'm a child of God, Jesus dwells in me. The power of God is in me. 
Amen. Verse 18, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I'll come to you. A little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you see me. Because, because I live, you will also live. At that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. You see that? You will know that I'm in my Father, you are in me, I am in you. What a combination. I can't be defeated when God is on my side. Amen? It seems the same way that Jesus did everything on earth. He still wants to continue doing it through us. Because he says he's in us, we are in him. Verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. I like it when Jesus manifests himself to me. I like it when Jesus demonstrates his power in my life. I like it that when I have a need and I've prayed, I see God answering my prayers. You know the good thing with being a child of God who prays and God hears you, who talks to God and experiences God, even if people can now come and tell you, no, the Bible, <coughs> it's not the way. You see, this is just to make <coughs> the world have peace. Uh, people were wanting to steal our land because of this and this. Tell them, you've come too late. It's already working for me. Amen. Amen. Because a person can reason it. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. If you haven't tasted it, that's why you will talk like that. You haven't seen what God can do. So, people can reason. People can tell you that, can tell you that. There's this song by Jimmy Swaggart. It says, if you think God is dead, now who is this living in me? So my experience does not verify what you people are saying. So, people can say from their point of view. And if you look at the world that we are in now, People are debating a lot of things. People express opinions. But I've got a certain experience within me. Amen? The Lord dwells in me. And you can't convince me anyhow. You've come too late. I've already experienced the power of God in my life. I already know that he lives. I already know that he protects me. I already know that he provides for me. So it's too late. I can't go back. It's working. It's working. When other people think it's not working, for me it's working. Amen. Amen. I'm a witness. Amen. He says he will manifest himself to us. Verse 22. Judas not Iscariot said to him, Lord, how is it that you manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. Amen. Tell your neighbor you are living next to, you are, you are sitting next to the house of God. Yeah, he said he will come, the father and Jesus will come and make their home in me. That's why I don't curse people. You remember when Jesus said, the words I speak, I speak, it's not me, it's the Father speaking through me. Hmm? That's what Galatians 2, 21, 20 and 21 says. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. 
Yet it is not I who lives, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So it means I live for God now. He died, Jesus died for me so that I can live for him. Amen? I'm here to fulfill the mandate of God. I'm here on earth as an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Who do you represent? Amen? Who do you represent? Who do you talk for? I'm an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. And that's not pride. That's who I am. Amen. And the Father dwells in me. And the works that Jesus did, he wants us to continue doing what he did. He said, heal the sick. Cleanse the leper. Cast out devils. Do the works that I've done. Preach the gospel. Amen. Go and preach the gospel. Tell the people that the Lord is coming. Tell the people that Jesus loves them. And he died for their sins. And he wants to be reconciled to them. Give them the good news. Amen. So, <clears throat> let's look at this glorious church. Go with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. Verse 25 to 27. Mr. MJ will do it in the New King James Version. Ephesians 5, 25 to 27. New King James Version. Although here Paul is, 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 is talking to husbands, but then he equates the relationship between the husband and the wife with the relationship between Jesus and the church. Okay? Today I'm not focusing on the husband and the wife. I want to focus on the relationship between Jesus and his church. Ephesians 5, 25 20 to 27, New King James Version, Mr. MJ. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. So Christ loved the church and gave himself for the church. Amen. That's why we submit to him. He loved us. He cares for us. Continue. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. So Jesus wants to cleanse his church by the word. That's why every time we give you the word. As we, we give you the word, you get pruned. You get cleansed. You get to be more and more like Jesus. As you are soaked in the word, you become more and more like Jesus. Continue. That he might present her to himself a glorious church. Okay. Jesus is not looking for a defeated church. He's not coming back for a feeble church. He wants to present to himself a what? A glorious, a glorious church. church. Imagine if you think about the church of the apostles in the book of Acts, you would think that was glorious. But the Bible says the glory of the latter house will supersede that of the former house. So if the church at that time was like that, I believe the church at the coming of the Lord should far exceed in glory more than any other thing that you've ever heard. Amen? And we are living in the last days. We are living in the last days and we should be that glorious church. The church that represents God. The church where people would feel, we want to come among these people. 
Somebody visits the church, they come to church, and they feel like, this is home. Out there, people always tell me how useless I am. Out there, people are keeping on pulling me down. But when I come here, I just feel peace. I just feel this is a family. Amen? Jesus is coming for a glorious church. Not having a spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But that she should be holy and without blame. So the glorious church is not only a victorious church, but it's also a holy and a blameless church. It means the way we live is very important as the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? People have to know us as representatives of God. People should never say, ah, it's the same. Even the church is as corrupt as the world. <clears throat> Even the church it's as useless as the world. Even the church, <coughs> they do this and this and this. By the way, do you know that there are people who, when they are not Christians, they are not even in church. And maybe you are growing up as a young Christian. And then they say, you, you, we can do this thing. We can go to Sangomas. We can do this. We can do that. And we say, you don't, I don't do it. They say, no, even the big preachers go. Even the big preachers do this. So tell them, the biggest preacher, Jesus, didn't do it. I'm imitating the biggest preacher, Jesus. Amen. Be imitators of God as dear beloved children. So if people start giving you examples of people as examples, if it's not a good example, keep on, on Jesus as the example. The book of Hebrews chapter 12, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of his majesty on high. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. I think it's good that way. So it means you cannot convince me because pastor so and so, and pastor so and so, and evangelist so and so, and bishop so and so, all the titles you may mention, I look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. And my faith depends on the Lord. Amen. Amen? That's why I cannot be defeated. Because if you look unto people, where people's weaknesses come forth, and then they even try to justify their weakness, you're going to fall with them. Amen? But if you look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, you will not be defeated. And look at how Jesus sees the church. Matthew chapter 16, 18 to 19. We'll do it in the message. I think, Mr. MJ, I won't deny you the opportunity of reading this one because I know you like big terms. So Matthew chapter 16, 18 to 19 in the message translation. I want you to look at the church that Jesus is building. Okay? And look at it and realize, by the way, that is the standard. Because the problem in the days we're living in, people of the world want to define the church. They even want to put us on the constitution and tell us what the church must do. How do they know that? Amen? Yeah, we don't take a mandate from them. We take the mandate from God. Amen? We should be allowed to live with our God the way we believe. 
And then, when they are stuck, they will know where to go for solutions. You see, because it's like uh, this morning we were coming to church. My wife just said something about some of the things that people talk about and how they look down on church and even try to twist things and all that. I said to her, what is interesting is that the devil doesn't respect any other thing except the word. So if you are not with the word, he will work you. Mm. You can reason the way you want. It's not us who will trouble you. The devil will trouble you. And he knows you've got no defense. Amen. Yeah, you can argue with us and debate and tell us the Bible is useless or any other thing. Wait for the, for the time when the devil comes. We'll see how you talk. Because the devil is not afraid of any other thing except the word. So even Jesus always said, it is written. It is written. It is written. And that's how he defeated the enemy. So if you are going to debate and reason things and have other solutions, let's see if they will stand when the devil comes. Hmm. The, test, the test of whether what you are believing is true or not, it should be seen in your victory or defeat. Amen. Yeah, it should be like that. So if something, if I say this is working, it has to be seen working in my life. And may the glory of the Lord be seen in me and through me. So, Mr. MJ, Matthew chapter 16, 18 to 19 in the message. My Father in heaven. Uh -uh. 18 to 19. And now I'm going to tell you, it's in the message. And now I'm going to tell you who you are, really are. Mm. You are Peter, mm. a rock. This is the rock on which I will put together my church. Okay, whose church are we talking about here? The church of Jesus. So who must explain to us what the church should be like? Yeah. Nobody else has got right to define the church except Jesus, the owner of the church. You can't tell me the churches must do like this, the churches must be that, the churches must be that. It's not your church. Let the owner of the church tell us how the church should be like. Hmm. If you want to dictate terms, make your own establishments and give dictate terms there. Don't use the church of Jesus to dictate your own terms. It's not your church. So let Jesus tell us. He says, I'm putting together my church. Actually, these words, they are some of the words that helped me even when in the early days of this ministry, when we started, like I said, we started about three, four people. So as we were growing, there would be things sometimes when what would always encourage me, even when people bring things to discourage, I would always say, but this is not my church. This is the church of the Lord Jesus. And he himself is building it. And when he is building it, I'm under no pressure to build. Because the owner of the church is building it. And he will tell us. Let him tell us a bit more about this church. A church so expensive. Uh -huh. with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. You see, Jesus is not building a defeated church. He says, I'm building together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell cannot, can prevail against it. In other words, I'm building a dynamic church, 
a church full of the power of God. A church which is like a dynamite. So full of energy that not even the gates of hell can prevail against it. So it means as the church, we are not supposed to be afraid of the enemy. We are not supposed to be afraid of the devil. You're supposed to know greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Because he says, I'm building my church and this church will be so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. So if not even the gates of hell can defeat the church, who are you? Who think you can defeat the church? Do you think you are, you, are, you are so wicked that you are greater than hell? Hmm? He says, not even the gates of hell can prevail against my church. Continue. And that's not all. Oh, it's not all. Mm -mm. Don't you think what he told us could have been sufficient, isn't it? Huh? I mean, just be fair with me. The thing that he just told us now, could it not have been sufficient? A church so expansive with energy that the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. We could have finished the message there. But he says that's not all. Okay, let's listen. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom. Keys to open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth, earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is a no in heaven. Amen. Amen. So you can see a glorious church here, not a church that's defeated, not a church that is subservient to what the world says. It's a church that dictates terms. Amen. Where you even say, other versions when they, they, in this one, they will say, whatever you prohibit on earth will be prohibited in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. It means you can even say in your own house, I prohibit, Amen. I forbid, Amen. you cannot do it. Amen. Amen. In the name of Jesus. And when I prohibit it here on earth, the Bible says it's also prohibited in heaven. In other words, heaven backs me up as I speak representing God. So you've got to speak for God. There are things that you should prohibit and forbid. Say it's forbidden. Amen? Yeah, like I told you, the devil is forbidden from killing me any other way, accident, whatever. I've got to depart at the right time when I need to go. But there's too much work to do. So I forbid that. And when I forbid it, heaven also forbids it. And those of you who don't speak your faith, unfortunately, somebody will speak for you. Amen? Speak what you believe. Pronounce it. Proclaim it. So that heaven can back you up. Let it be known which vote are you casting. Which side are you in? And when you speak it, heaven will back you up. Amen. Imagine I'm a child of God and all the time I keep on saying, hey, we are struggling. Do you think heaven, heaven cannot back that word up? 
That word is not from God. Hey, we are struggling. Hey, life is tough, my brother. Some of you will ask you, how are you? Not so bad. Why are you choosing bad? Hmm? I mean, not so bad. Is it difficult to say I'm well? I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. There's even this one. <laughs> I usually say I'm blessed and highly favored. And people know that. I speak it. That's what I believe. Amen. I speak it. You ask me that. You ask me. Then I'm telling you I'm blessed and highly favored. Now <laughs> this other pastor friend of mine said, how are you? I said, I'm blessed and highly favored. He said, I'm blessed and highly favored and recommended for more blessings. <laughs> so I thought I liked that. Yes, I'm blessed and highly favored, but I'm recommended for more. Amen. As if that's not enough. Amen. It's because we want our yes on earth to be confirmed by the heavens. Amen. So you've got to speak your faith. You've got to speak your faith. You know why we do that? It's because Jesus, I told you when Jesus left, he did not live with the power and everything. He left us as the church to do what he did. And he wants to continue doing it. Now if you go with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 20 to 23. Again, we'll do it in the message translation. It seems... <clears throat> These two portions of scripture, I like them more in the message. Ephesians 1, 23, Mr. MJ, in the message translation. I want you to look at, you remember he said, this church is, is so expansive with energy. I want you to look at this energy. Okay? The energy that should be in the church. Tell us about that energy, Mr. MJ. Ephesians 1, 20 to 23 message. All this energy issues from Christ. God raised him from dead and set him on a throne in deep heaven. So it means whatever I'm boasting about is not me. It issues from Christ. Whatever energy, whatever boldness, whatever confidence comes from Christ. Amen? Yes. On our own, we are nothing. Jesus says, without me, you are nothing. But with Jesus, I'm somebody. Amen? Amen? I cannot be a nobody after receiving Jesus. Okay? I was a nobody. But when I accepted Jesus in my life, I became a child of God, a child of the King. Amen? Amen. Somebody with the energy of Christ. So, let's see how this energy works, Mr. MJ. In charge of running the universe. Oh, you see what Jesus is doing? When you think that the devil is on the loose, Jesus says, no, I'm in charge of running the universe. It's just that the people that I want them to represent me, they are not towing the line. Because if Jesus is in charge of running the universe, how does he run the universe? Through us. Amen. That's why I want, as we talk about the glorious church, I want this to, to be a challenge to each one of us to say, if I'm part of the church of Jesus Christ in these last days, am I really representing the kingdom correctly? So he says, in charge of running the universe. Mm -hmm. Everything from galaxies to governments. Hey, you're supposed to run everything. Mm. Okay. I thought governments should run us. Mm -mm. <laughs> 
Okay, continue. No name and no power exempt from his rule. You remember last week we talked about the name of Jesus, that every knee should bow to the name of Jesus. So he says no name is exempted from the rule of the name of Jesus. That's why when I call on the name of, the, of Jesus, I get saved. When I'm in trouble and I call upon the name of the Lord, he comes into the scene. I told you, even if you are facing challenges, now it's about December, other people are very much scared to drive just in case uh, trucks come and you see all the news and you see many things happening. You've got to start building an ark for your own life and say Jesus is in charge of running the universe. And at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. I forbid. Devil, you, you cannot kill me. I forbid that. And I declare the life of God in my life. I thank you, Father, that you have given your angels charge over me to protect me in all my ways. The Bible says, the angel of the Lord encamps around all those who fear him, and he delivers them. And that's me. Amen. In charge of running the universe. No name, no power is exempted from his rule. Continue. And not just for the time being, hey. mm -mm, but forever. Hey. Mm. But Jesus is reigning, man. Tell your neighbor, but Jesus is reigning, man. That's why in Isaiah, Isaiah saw this and he said, of the, he said, the government shall be upon his shoulder. Nine, Isaiah 9. He says, the government shall be upon his shoulder. Then he says, of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. Amen. He continues to reign. He continues to rule. And we say, our God reigns. Amen. And he reigns through us. His glorious church. Continue. He is in charge of it all. Hey. Has the final word on everything. But that's, but that's powerful. Eh? Tell your neighbor, but that's powerful. Eh? I mean, he's in charge of it all. He has the final word on everything. When you say he's the alpha and the omega, you are saying he's the beginning and he's the end. Nothing on the other side of him. Amen? So if he's in charge of it all, and he has the final word on everything. And the enemy is still putting you in pressure and you are still under. That's not over. Yeah. Because the Bible says, though the righteous man falls several times, the Lord will always lift him up. So if now you have fallen and you are down on the floor, it's not over. Tell your neighbor, it's not over. Amen. It's not over until the Lord speaks. And he has got the final word on everything. So it means even if you are under pressure, I told you the other time, even if you are under severe pressure, like it's hot in the kitchen. I know ladies do that. When it's hot in the kitchen, they don't get out of the kitchen. They continue cooking. Amen. So you need just to tell yourself it's just hot in the kitchen. But we've got a business to do. Amen. We've got a business to do. We can't leave the pot there and we we'll, we'll find you. We'll, ah, what happened, mommy? No, it's too hot there. <laughs> Don't do that. Amen. It may be hot in the kitchen, but we've got business to do. Tell your neighbor, it may be hot in the kitchen, but we've got a business to do. Yeah, we can't quit. Amen. And he says, he has the final word on everything. 
So if he's got the final word, how, how is he working, uh, Mr. MJ? Because when you said that he's in charge of running the universe, and I thought some of the things are not really in order yet, and that, what's happening? So, so continue. At the center of all this, Christ rules the church. Mm -hmm. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. You see that thing? Mm. The world wants us to be peripheral to the church, to, to, to the world. They want the church to be peripheral. But no, Jesus is the center. And Jesus in us. So the, church, the world is the one that's peripheral to the church. The church is not peripheral to the world. We cannot be dictated to by the world. Amen. Jesus is in charge. Amen. Continue. The church is Christ's body. Yes. In which he speaks mm. and acts. Mm. By which he fills everything with his presence. Hey, I love Amen. the church. Tell your neighbor, I love the church. <clears throat> because the church is Christ's body. In which he speaks and acts. By which he fills everything with his presence. So it means... If there are things not going well in this world, it is not Jesus failing the church. It is the church failing Jesus. Because he has, he has invested so much in us. And he says, the works that I do, you will do. Even greater works, you will do. I trust you. I give you the Holy Spirit so that he will be with you. So that he will guide you. Actually, I come and dwell in you so that you can do my works. Amen. Do you get that? Do you see now that you are part of the glorious church? We're supposed to be living up to that standard. The problem is that we have allowed the world to mold us. That's why Romans chapter 12 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be it transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that you may prove that which is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Amen? <clears throat> we do not conform to the standard of this world. We do not conform to the pattern of this world. But you know that the world wants us to conform. Hmm. The world wants us to conform. And they tell us things. Okay. So there is a certain religion which, even though I don't agree with them, but I like one thing about them. They are very determined. The government cannot tell them anything. You know that. Amen. Because they know what they believe. If Friday, one o'clock, you've got to go for prayer, you've got to go. Government must bow. Amen. Mm. That's knowing what you stand for. And if your God only hears Arabic, you speak in Arabic. That's knowing what you stand for. And now you find that the church of Jesus, who has the power, we are lukewarm. We allow the world to mold us into their ways of doing things. Amen? We're supposed to mold the world, to form the world. We should not conform to the standard of this world. Amen? Because we represent the kingdom of heaven. We represent the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Which means, if we represent the kingdom of heaven, let's be ambassadors. 
Let's not allow the world to mold us into their ways of doing things. Hmm. That's why I gave you an example with the other religion where they don't allow the world to mold them. Yeah. They tell you this is how it will be. You can jump into the sea if you want, but this is what will be. Hmm. They would even say, this is the, our food should be like this. We don't mind what everybody in the Western Cape thinks, but the food should be like this. Then you go and do it like that all, all throughout the province. That's what we, we mean by saying standing for what you believe. Amen. Amen. I mean, we may, differ, we may differ with them on other things, but at least standing for what you believe. That's the thing which I think for children of God, we're supposed to have that courage. That courage of knowing this is what our master says. And we take instructions from him. Amen. So let's wind down. We have begun our descent now. We've begun our descent. I want us to look at Psalms 133, verse 1 to 3 in the New King James Version. So, because as the church, the glorious church, the church that lives in victory, the church that knows what it stands for and is determined to stand for what we believe, even among ourselves, we need to be united. Amen? Because sometimes you find that we are in church. Firstly, we are divided among churches. And even in the same church, you find people are divided. Amen. Let's be united. Let's be one in Christ. Jesus says, I am in them, they are in me. And you and I, Father, are one. And we are one in them. So Psalms 133, 1 to 3, New King James Version, Mr. MJ. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Don't you think it's good when we dwell together in unity? <coughs> hmm? Tell your neighbor, keep on loving me. Keep on appreciating me. I like to be appreciated. I like to be loved. Yes, we want to be accepted, isn't it? We want to be appreciated. So let's be united, <coughs> dwell together in unity. That even if people visit the church, can they just say, those people, they've got something in them. They look like they come from the same family. They look like they were born of the same mother. Tell them we were born of the same father. Amen. Amen. We are all children of God. Amen. No wonder you, 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 you think we look the same. You, you find us talking the same. You find us doing things the same. Amen. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beards, the bed of Aaron running down on the edge of his garment. It is like the dew of Hermon <coughs> descending upon <coughs> the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing Life forevermore. Where does the Lord command a blessing? When brethren dwell together in unity. So when we dwell together in unity, the Lord commands a blessing. Some of the blessings, you don't have to fast for them. Hmm. You don't even have to pray for them. Some of the blessings, they are commanded blessings. Tell your neighbor, some of the blessings 
are commanded. You remember when, when God said to Elijah, I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. I've commanded the widow women to feed you there. So he can command a blessing even upon my life. But he says he commands the blessing when we are dwelling together in unity. And when we dwell together in unity, we benefit from this commanded blessing, which I call blessing by association. Okay, let me explain that a little bit. I think to explain blessing by association, it's probably easy to first explain a curse by association. Then you will understand blessing by association. How many of you have ever heard of people who were killed by just having been in the wrong crowd at a wrong time? So it means people were actually not coming for you. They were coming for those other people. But because you were in the wrong company at the wrong time, you ended up dying by association. So now, if a curse or death can come by association, don't you think if I'm close to the blessed people and, 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 and we are blessed here, pastor successful, all that, the blessings of Abraham and we are here, and now blessings are looking for people. Just like curses look for people. Blessings also look when God commands blessings. No, now the, past, the blessing was coming for the pastor, but he just found me also, went astray also, hit the pastor and came to me also. Amen. Because I was nearby. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's what we call blessing by association. So you've got to be, yes, you can enjoy yourself. <laughs> Amen. So you've got to check who you associate with. Because if they are blessed, you will get a blessing by association. If they are cursed, you will be cursed by association. Mm. You say, no, but I know myself. No, curses and blessings don't mind, don't mind what you know. Amen. Mm. So, blessing by association. And let's keep to that. And keep fellowshipping with us. Keep on enjoying your blessing. Because some of the people usually when things go well, they start thinking they want to jump and want to do other things. And not knowing that actually things were working because you were actually benefiting because of blessing by association. Can I prove it to you? I won't read that scripture. You remember when Joseph was arrested and then he was in the house of Potiphar. The Bible says, the Lord blessed the Egyptian for the sake of Joseph. Yes. Potiphar's house was blessed, not because of Potiphar, but because a Joseph was there. And when Joseph was taken away, lo and behold, the blessing departs. Because the blessing was looking for Joseph in that house. Amen. That's why even in places where you are, you remember when the one time when people were sailing and Peter, Paul was among them, having to be taken to Caesar. It's in the book of Acts. And then, the, the, the ship that they were in, it was very rough weather and the ship was about to sink. And the Bible says, we spent so many days without even seeing the sun. And the hope of being saved was gone. I think it's in Acts chapter 27. It says, the hope of being saved was gone. And then, Paul stood up one day. He says, listen to me. 
all you listen to me. And now because they, you see, when people are in trouble, even people who think they are scotch, they listen. Because now they see it's real. They say, listen to me. You should have listened to me and we should not have lo taken loose from Crete. However, last night, I like this. Last night, the, God, the angel of the God whom I serve appeared to me and he told me, fear not, Paul, for you must appear before Caesar. So I want to tell you, take courage, guys. None of you is going to die. We will lose the ship, but none of you is going to die. I like that. Amen. Say amen to that. Amen. amen. So, for me, why I like that story, it's not only the confidence that Paul had, but I also realized those people were saved because of Paul. Yes. Some of the buses that you people travel in, they are safe because you are there. Hmm. So people don't know, and they think you are a nuisance when they see you there. No, they are saved because of you. You remember when Sodom and Gomorrah was to be destroyed? Hmm? And then Abraham says, if it's a thousand, if there are hundred uh, people there who are Russians, will you destroy the Sodom and Gomorrah? He says, no. For the sake of the hundred, I will not. The number went down until ten. He says, if it's ten, no, for the sake of 10, the city will not be destroyed. Do you think if he came from 100 and he reached 10, don't you think he could still have gone beyond 10 and the answer would have been the same? Yes, but he ended at 10 and the city was destroyed. So sometimes the, the world that we are living in, they may think we are troublemakers, but they are actually safeguarded by our presence. Amen. So listen to this as we land. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47, New King James Version. So this is how the church should live. And this is how we should do it also as the church. It's Jesus the Savior Church here in Cape Town. Even all churches that believe in the Lord Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47, New King James Version, it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. So that's why we'll never leave the doctrine. We keep on preaching the gospel. He says, and in fellowship. It's very important to fellowship with one another. Some of you think you are wise. You start having the, the online churches, even if it's not COVID time. Tell your neighbor, if you find people who are still Say, no, my church is online. Tell them it's not COVID time. Mm, go to church and enjoy fellowship with other brethren. Because sometimes people think now they're wise. Yeah, no, now, now you see, actually now we, we, we're more wise. Now we know and this and this. It's not necessary to go to church, man. You can have church online. You can just have church in this. You can just, is that your church? So if it's the church of Jesus, the church of Jesus is like here, what we are reading here. But if it's your church, no wonder you behave like that. Because you're building your church. But if it's the church of Jesus, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. The youth, you were out yesterday. I think, I think when we finish, we must talk a little about that. Yeah, I mean, you were out and enjoyed. Isn't it nice to fellowship? 
Yeah, it's good. Amen. In breaking of bread online. How do you break bread online? Eh? In breaking of bread. Amen. They were together. And in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now, all who believed were together. All who believed were? Together. Together. And had all things in common. This is the church. This is the glorious church. And sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all. As anyone had need. So, continuing daily with one accord in the temple. Hey, I think this one, they, they, they were just staying in church now. Continuing daily with one accord in the temple. So for you, we just ask you to come to the temple one day a week and it's a struggle. There were others who were continuing daily with one accord in the temple. And breaking bread from house to house. So it means we also need to, yeah, let's visit each other. You know people of the world, usually why they, they continue to maintain being together, even though sometimes they would fight when they are drunk and stab each other. But at least they, they, they take care of each other. If the other one doesn't have the money to buy the liquor, they will buy and share in the table. You don't find somebody seated in the table and not drinking because he doesn't have the money. The rest of the ones who have the money, they are drinking. No. They at least understand that even if he doesn't have the money, let's share. Amen. So the early church moving from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. This is the church I want to enjoy. I want a church that's real. It's not just we are only in church, but we also relate. We are also there for one another. We also know the struggles that each one of us are going through. Because we are attached to them. So they, they moved from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church. Daily those who were being saved. You see the early church? Don't you love this church? And we are living in the last days, so our church should even be more glorious than the former house. Because we are in the last days and Jesus is coming for a glorious church. So if indeed Jesus is coming for a glorious church, it's us who should step up to what the Lord is calling us to do. So, I would say spare a bit of time today so that we can have a bit of time to pray. So I need to land it here. But I just need to, we're going to take our tithes, our offerings, our gifts. And after that, I want us to pray together. I want us to pray for the church of the Lord. Not only the local church being Jesus the Savior in this case, but the church of Jesus worldwide. So that the church of Jesus can really be the church that Jesus Proposed. The church that will be able to stand and not be contaminated by the world. The church 
that should dictate terms and not be dictated to. The church where people find hope if they come in, <clears throat> where people can run to church and they find shelter, where people can come to your house and find hope. And somebody says, my neighbor is a Christian. And people feel it's good to have you as a neighbor. Not troublemaker. Because sometimes you are their neighbor, but ish. So be a peacemaker. Be somebody that they can come to when they are stuck. So we're going to bless the Lord with our substance. I want us to go to the book of Acts chapter 4. This is again how the church, the early church did it. Acts chapter 4, 32 to 37 in the NIV. I want to share this with you because I want to link this with, yeah, we're reading this one so you can just sit a bit. We'll stand again. So this is the scripture I'm using for us to go and give. But I want us to learn from the early church. We've got so many things that we want to do, among which we want to build the house of the Lord, isn't it? We want to build a church. The church that you guys see when you come through the door there, we've got it on the billboard. We've already done some soil turning and that. So we've got to build. And we're not going to build using spiritual money. We're going to build using physical money. Amen. So it means we need to give. And when you give, some of you say, no, I can't give you. No, giving uh, to other men and that. You're giving to the Lord. And you think these things here, yeah, you think this was just, there was money, don't you think? Don't you think the chair you sit in was bought with money? Huh? Don't you think the mic I'm using now to speak with you was bought with money? Huh? Don't you think this place here, by the way, we're not renting this place. We bought this place. You think they just favored us and said, ah, you guys, okay. <clears throat> Amen. They didn't favor us and just say, ah, you guys, you are sweet, man. Just get that. No. We bought this place. Very expensive, millions. And after buying it, we made it even look... Those of you who stay around here, you know this place was how it looked before. Hmm. Wait until the church is built. You'll tell me. Amen. Amen. And we do that this way. Look at this. Acts chapter 4, 32 to 37. All the believers were one in heart and mind. That's why in Nehemiah... 4.6 it says, we built the wall and we came to half its height because people had a heart to work, a mind to work. So if we are united in heart and mind, it will be easy to do what we need to do. All of us getting involved. I like it even when Sunday school also wants to get involved. Do you know that Sunday school also wants to get involved in building? They are even establishing what they call Sister Valerie's Fund. And by the way, I don't know how you did it Sunday school People, Miss uh, Norki and Miss Mungufara, are you here? Are they somewhere there? I was surprised. We, we, we looked at some of the accounts. We saw, we saw what they are doing. Yeah, it's bigger than children. Mm, I'm just telling you. It means they are united in purpose with us. So that's why we don't want any of you. You can't, I mean, imagine you are here and you work and you don't, don't tithe, 
You don't give to building fund. Huh? What's happening, man? <laughs> I mean, you are a visitor. Eh? Can't you? Don't you want to have that pride of feeling this is our church? Yeah. Even when it's built, you feel good that what you see there, I was part of it. Amen. Because, by the way, when the church is built, the pastor doesn't stay here. The pastor has got a place where he stays. That's the church of the Lord, where we come and fellowship. Amen? And I don't know if when we are finished building, whether when they want to use for elections, because it would be so, so nice. So I don't know that one yet. <laughs> but for the tent, I know. Okay. So he says, no one claimed that any of their possession was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued everything they, they, they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. Hey, you look at this church. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. Hey, the standard was high. Eh? Tell your neighbor the standard was high. Eh? <laughs> and it says, and it was distributed to everyone who had need. 36. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. If they did it that with that attitude, you can't do it. Amen? We serve the same God. And by the way, when we give, we cannot outgive God. You're just planting a seed. And the Lord will multiply your seed soul and increase the fruit of your righteousness. I don't know if I yeah, I've told some of you that I started understanding tithing immediately after I got born again in the 80s. And since then, I mean, I started tithing when I was in medical school because we used to be given a bursary and there would be a stipend that we get. And I used to tithe from there. And I've been tithing up to now. I've never missed tithing once. I don't just tithe because I'm a pastor. I used to tithe even when I was a student. Amen. And do you think I'm getting poorer? Hmm? Maybe, maybe. Do you think so? Because when I read Proverbs 11, 24 and 25, it says, there are those who give generously and they continue to get more and more. But there are those who are stingy and they keep on getting poorer. Maybe we must read it. I didn't think I would read it, but because it's there, I hope it's still there. Okay, I saw it sometime. And, and, but I think it's relevant, so maybe we need to read it so that you don't say the pastor said if we are stingy, we'll get poorer and poorer. It's not me. Yeah, depending on the translation. So, Mr. MJ, you can pick any translation. We'll just, take, we'll just go with what you're saying. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. 
the let's world. Make it, let's make it 24, 25, and 26. Yeah. Oh, 24 and 25 for the sake of time. Yeah. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. And the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Let's say ish. That's the Bible. <laughs> okay, repeat. Repeat. The world of the generous. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. That's what's happening with some of us. Uh -huh. And the world of the stingy uh -huh. gets smaller and smaller. So Sunday school, I know you like songs. You remember the other time you were singing, if you don't pray, you shrink, shrink, shrink. So you must say, if you don't give, you get smaller, smaller, smaller. Continue, Mr. MJ. And the one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. Mm. Clear and straightforward. So let's bless the Lord with our substance, with that attitude, knowing that we're going to build the house of the Lord. And let's be generous. When we do that generously, the Lord will multiply our seeds on and continue to enlarge us. But it's also good when we have built. Mm. I, I, I don't like this thing when it's windy, noise, also when it's too hot, sun, and all that. I want to have an aircon when I'm in church. Amen. Yeah, I want to worship the Lord comfortably. And it will be done. In Jesus' name. Amen.